Welcome to the Mobile Monger Podcast. I'm Janae Muha, your host. I'm continuing the conversations had with cheesemakers from the beginning of the pandemic to get an update on how things have changed a year in. On today's episode, we're staying in the South by chatting with the brother and sister team from Boxcar Handmade Cheese out of Cedar Grove, North Carolina. What began as a small family vegetable farm has now turned into a state-of-the-art cheesemaking facility and goat farm. Sam and Austin Genki have worked hard to create the space to raise their families while also doing the things that they are passionate about. Sam has a cheesemaking pedigree that spans years throughout the North Carolina cheesemaking community, and Austin's tenacity, lack of sleep, and ultimate love of food has them dreaming up future possible ventures. It's truly a family affair with Austin's wife Danny as the creator of their branding and aesthetic, while their father Paul helps out with email and sales. Their scrappy smarts had them sitting in a steady path of growth when the pandemic hit. Did COVID derail them, or were they able to hustle their way through another seemingly insurmountable obstacle? There's only one way to find out. Let's dig in with Sam and Austin. This is my brother Austin. We do boxcar handmade cheese with our families in Cedar Grove, North Carolina. And we make a lot of mixed milk cheeses. Um, we have goats on the property. What styles of cheeses do you make? Um, a lot of them are Italian inspired. We get a lot of, we get all of our culture, almost all of our cultures from Italy. So let's go back to last year. And kind of a month into the pandemic, can you tell me about how things were looking? What did your sales look like? Continue to make cheese through the whole thing. Just kind of give me a breakdown of what what happened. Yeah, so I mean, kind of pretty dramatic drop off. Um, what was it? March, like March 15th, roughly. Kind of on for about a month. You know, we had a huge like i mean just throwing some random numbers out there around about a 70 to 75 percent drop off in sales over that month and then it was about a 50 percent and then a 30 percent and then actually from there we were lucky enough so we had about three crazy months that were definitely uh unique um because of the pandemic and stuff but um but then after that you know our sales did actually i mean we did forecast we had a going into it, we kind of had an idea that we were projecting a, a growth based on previous years and stuff. So that was based on the last year, not accounting for our, you know, our growth in it. So, um, so then by that fourth month, our sales actually were about 20% above the past year. Um, so that was, re um, really nice. Um, you know, so that was kind of, and then from there, we just kind of just a, a slow growth, you know, based off of the, the previous year, you know, but with that said, we also, uh, we did commit to a little bit more milk and stuff. So it was kind of just, you know, with foreseeing our sales being, you know, obviously a lot better than the previous year. Yeah. Um, and but. I think one thing that we did kind of quickly was figure out how to ship cheese direct to customers. And we also figured out quickly yeah. how to do a farm pickup and like, a farmer's market pickup. So I think the reason why we did okay is because we pivoted sort of quickly oh, on for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So the sales that he's talking about being, you know, normally our sales are mostly distributor. Yeah. 
we sell a little bit of cheese at a farmer's market. It's an awesome market, but we don't sell a ton of our cheese there. And at this point, the market was closed down. Yeah. So the yeah. market, and that which is roughly about 10% of our sales at that time. Um, so it was definitely kind of yeah. also another like shock and awe as well. Yeah, and we do, uh, Austin does local deliveries on Thursday. So we're in an area where we can hit Durham, Chapel Hill, and Raleigh, and some of the, like, Saxbaha, mm -hmm. some of the smaller towns that have cool restaurants. So he is driving around all day on Thursdays, like how long? Usually delivering cheese. Oh, it's an all-day affair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, it's... Good eight to ten hours. So. Yeah, so, so imagine not having those. I mean, yeah. it was like, yeah. maybe if you grew grocery stores that stayed open or bakeries there was hardly yeah the whole yeah no anything. exactly so our, our weaver streets derm co-ops yeah. like uh the whole foods that we deal with directly um and a couple of the other the retailers but mostly everybody we were very restaurant heavy um yeah. you know kind of and we were very direct restaurant heavy yeah. um you know through distributors mm -hmm. they handle some more retailers but even at that point the the retail market kind of dropped off because nobody knew what was going on it took a little bit for it to pick up yeah and that's, and that's why the sales did you know eventually come back as well because we did have a bunch of retailers that really stepped up their game and and definitely helped out too so yeah that's true yeah it took a couple months you know it did take like three months to kind of figure things out between the e-commerce um the farm pickups uh the farmer's market slowly coming back i don't know if it was back at that point it might have been that might have helped definitely kind of jump things um, and then the distributors figuring out the uh, the the retail grocery stores yeah, and stuff. And the so, distribute, yeah. Yeah. Right. How many people do you have on the cheese team now, like making cheese and on payroll we have twelve people. There's a lot of people that work one or two days. Like we have a lot of people who work on vegetable farms and so in the winter they don't have that work and so they'll pick up more shifts with us in the winter because that's when we're busy so we have a lot of folks that are um super super part-time um like stark works one day a week yeah but then in the winter they'll pick up an extra day or two um depending on you know what their situation is so it's kind of it's nice to to have that people that are part-time but willing to like pick up so you mentioned you got the e-commerce up and running, um, farmers markets, the farm pickup, um, anything else that you guys brought to fruition this last year that really kind of helped you out or you were able to, to give around to your community? We did two things. So when it first hit, we had all of the milk. We didn't know what to do. And we quickly figured out how to make like a nice just simple melting fresh cheese like it's kind of it's it's a yogurt cultured uh, melty sort of mozzarella acidic cheddary kind of thing but it but it melts and so we pivoted to that started making that and donating that to our local food banks like in insane amount like for a while, like all the cheese we were making, because we'd be like, oh, we sold two cases of Rubiola this week, as opposed to most of our production is Rubiola. Um, so it, we, we quickly did that and kind of crossed our fingers and hoped that the thing would end and we would um, have some money to pay for doing this. And we would also, um, the world would bounce back and we would sell Rubiola again, as opposed to making this yogurt cheese to 
donate to the food bank. We are still doing about a batch a week right now to donate. There was a chunk of time during the holidays where we had, like we were actually selling all of our milk. Um, so we, we were not donating for a little while, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's and 210 I, gallons a week still yeah. right now that we're I think as of, as of last week, it was like the first week where we didn't make a farmer's cheese to donate, which felt amazing in a great way, like in a, you know, in a uniquely weird way. Um, but also this week, our cheese at the farmers we did make is actually being funded, which is pretty cool through oh, North yeah. Carolina, like uh, NC Eats program, which is pretty cool. So we did have a very, very tiny bit of it, probably about, I'd say less than 10% of the overall like cheese that was was funded, whether it was donations. Um, Orange County gave us a nice small grant, which was pretty amazing. That kind of helped funded the initial push. Um, whether it was mainly for packaging and other stuff. And then um, we had then people the, directly donate to us yeah, on the website we just too, put the which thing was on the really website, awesome. Which was great. So but was, yeah, the right now we're doing, we cut and cryovac it for boxes for families. And yeah. that's the one that they actually, they, they pay us for yeah, the cheese, which cool. is really awesome. Um, but it's a program I think that gets like farm produce yeah. and the cheese and these boxes to families that are in need. So it's a little different than just dropping off, you know, a Palettes full pallet at the food bank. Cheese, so. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit more production to do that, but it's like one batch a week feels good as and not as scary. And someone's actually giving you some money for it as opposed to um, and we're how also, it was for a really long time. And we're also Terrifying. taking a little bit yeah. less, a little bit less milk. So that's really why we're not. And so it's, things are, you know, they're, they're very liquid as we know in the cheese world and the way the animals work and stuff. And so um, with the goats coming on board and the cow's milk slowing down a tiny bit, like we're, you know, we're always kind of pivoting to kind of make the the flow yeah it's like okay so, this aging room's full yeah what can we do okay okay yeah. okay you know should um 50 goat's milk <laughs> in that hard cheese or should we do all cow's milk yeah. oh wait we don't have cow's milk so yeah but oh we could sell the cow's milk here you yeah. know it's always kind of crazy but the other thing we did sorry back to your original question um is we everyone we know works in restaurants and so it was like immediately no one we knew had jobs the world was ending we didn't know what was going on so and we also had a lot of cheese that mm -hmm. was in like that we had already made that was in aging that we were like wow we're never gonna sell this again so we started cutting and crab backing it and making these we call them relief boxes for anybody and Austin's wife Danny put them on the website so if you were to order um say you were going to order cheese for shipping it was the same site you would order your relief box and so it would be just like a purchase but without any money and you would pick where you want to pick it up and it was it was a box of like five pounds of our cheese uh so last year you um started working with the cow the cow's milk guy who had all of his business kind of go away um, but now this year, where does that relationship stand? And then also talk about where you're at with the goat milk. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, no, our relationship with uh, Luther Ridge Dairy, Stephen and well, Stephen Wetmore of Luther Ridge Dairy, but um, it's great. Um, it's definitely, I think it's a, I, I hope it's awesome. a lifelong, yeah. you know, relationship. And we've definitely keep, you know, trying to buy as much milk from him as possible. And we're very flexible too. like this week, the other guy's sales picked up who dropped off basically during the pandemic where we kind of opted to pick up a little extra milk from them. 
um, he needed extra milk this week. And so for us, we're kind of like, Hey, okay, now that works. We've got a little extra goat's milk. So, um, but no, he is definitely, we're, yeah. Yeah. He's young. I think we're hoping he's in it for the long run. Definitely are. Um, and his milk's the milk great. Is awesome. The cows are pretty it's much on beautiful. pasture, 100 yeah. percent right now. Um, he cuts all his own, you know, his feed for the jerseys and stuff. So I mean, it's we're very lucky. Him being focused on, you know, breeding and stuff like that. I mean, it definitely makes it. He's not just a dairy farmer. I mean, he's definitely um, focused on, you know, his pastures being beautiful and the animals, obviously the health and the. And his the, partner, she's a cow scientist. This. yeah they both i don't even know are, really but in like yeah. a cool way like yeah, yeah. Like in a, <laughs> she works like, at the cow the yeah. cow research center like they they yeah. know what they know what's going on yeah but also when you have cheesemongers right you like hey what's changed about this rubiola this batch is amazing you're like oh that's yeah it, that's that's the milk you can so, see it in the milk i mean yeah. you can pick up a glass of the milk and you know and swirl it around and see the consistency and the color of the milk and it's It's definitely yeah it's different so no the relationship's amazing there and with the goats i'll let you speak on that but the goat's milk started not that long ago um so this will be the second full year we're milking um so yeah we just kind of started with cottonseed um one of our mixed milk cheeses sam made uh kind of our mixed milk playing around cheese. I don't want to put a, I don't want to put a name on it <laughs> yet, but uh <laughs> we're slowly combining a couple cheese recipes. So the first make was that yesterday. I'm like in a I think it was, it was yes, yesterday. It went it went yeah, well. Yeah. It went well. I was happy with that. So that was it's half, a mixed milk it was firmer cheese that um, we're gonna kind of hybrid the the red bud and the presently which is a wine rub cheese. Kind of basically take have a in a perfect world a recipe that can kind of a, the mixed milk cheese, all goat's milk, or a cow's milk cheese um, that eventually will be able to kind of yeah. press and get the moisture out and age it and put a couple of different rinds on it. And um, but just kind of an overflow for the milk. So when this does happen, you know, not that it's going to happen again, but you know, yeah, we that can we have more flexibility yeah. and just be like, okay, if we think. Yeah. And I, I am so soft cheese brained, like that's all I've ever made i mean it seems wrong to do <laughs> what you do to the curd to make these cheeses that i'm at this age learning how to, to make and it's just it it kind of hurts at first when you're so used to making these big pillowy curds that you don't want to break and it's just such a different process so i kind of finally feel like um we're getting it figured out we made a cheese like alice gave us like an awesome cheese recipe for bitto um which is like a northern italian cheese that they age for anywhere between like i think it's five months and like 10 years or something yeah. it's this crazy recipe but her and alessandra um tasted it loved it alice was making this recipe so she sent it to us and kind of at the end of the like oh we have too much milk we started messing around with this recipe but it like it was it's good it's sitting in the texture wise it's amazing. yeah it's sitting like, in I, that like the um it's sitting in their aging yeah. but we're kind of trying now to m- meld that and sort of the red bud and come up with flavor. some yeah yeah and something that you don't have to age for 10 years or yeah. <laughs> whatever it is long that they aged a bit of for but it's a cool recipe and it was really sweet and amazing for her to like just send 
she didn't tell me what cultures to use. I think the rennet was the only thing I had to figure out. Who does that? Alice is a gift. Alice. Alice is a gift to all of us. <laughs> truly. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think the goat's milk is, it's good. We've just made some soft cheeses with it so far. Um, and those are going well, but the, the recipe developing on this is, it's good for me. Yeah. And as the goat's <laughs> milk my my supply heart. ups, we'll start going into some other hundred percent goat's milk cheeses yeah. and yeah all the cheeses we kind of played around with last year and yeah we're just, just kind of figuring it out we don't have too much more than last year but next year is really where we're gonna have to uh yeah yeah we need to figure hit it the out ground we need to this figure is the, year the recipes it out, out this so. year for yeah. next year but how many goats do you have we are milking i think 76 this is totally a guess but somewhere right <laughs> around there um and then we have we had 150 babies this year um and then we have about another 50 in kind of flux um just the one and two year olds basically before we breed them so next year we'll be milking about 120 and then the following year we'll cap out at 150 which is where we want to be uh, i know that you guys have kind of been on this path of growth and and building out what you already have did you guys do any improvements in the cheese room or to the facility at all or I mean, outside of having a baby, did you do, was there anything else like in the, in that realm that you did? I think we did some things before COVID. Yeah. It might've like overlapped very but little bit, but I think we we're trying not to spend any money. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> our, our government money, I shouldn't say, but went yeah. towards donated cheese. So, yeah, we you know, didn't. that was basically yeah. what uh, that and, you know, we kept obviously everybody on board and all that fun stuff. And um, yeah, I guess and we, we're still in business and we're still making yeah, we, cheese. Yeah, that's you know? what we so did. That was our, our main focus. I mean, that's, really. a, that's a big focus. But, but, but yeah, we, we didn't cut any hours. We yeah. still have all like the amazing people yeah. that we had before yeah. that are super solid. Also, they like, pulled it together and I took time off to have a baby like Austin yeah. was in there early in the morning brining there was uh which is a lot better than computer work early in the morning so <laughs> I usually start the pasteurizer at two in the morning and kind of get things going but um then I take a break for about three hours and do computer work but then it kind of turned into brining and dishwashing and which like I said that was my original job when we opened and I do enjoy that a lot more than computer work so <laughs> Yeah, I would but trade it, was, it any day. It felt really like badass to have employees that yeah. are all part time in the cheese room, pull it together. Everybody took a part um, and kind of I got like pretty much four full weeks off. I came back and started packing orders. And she then, was always there for support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'll come in and look at the curd or whatever. But like I wasn't making cheese like yeah. these this team of amazing people like pulled it up and did it which was like so amazing I mean anybody that makes cheese and owns their own business like to have four full weeks off more or less like that's crazy yeah. and um and the cheeses like there was not even a batch that was not right like there was a couple like affinage things that maybe you know but that you could fix but yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing. So, we did not lose a single batch of cheese and everything yeah. was like pretty perfect. And I feel like, I mean, we didn't invest in equipment or yeah. anything like that in the last year, but I feel like our employees, like we, I mean, maybe if what we did is took that money and didn't lay anybody off yeah. and 
we really like I had to get crazy on the training too because it's like oh gosh I'm the one who always does this oh I'm the only one who does this shoot gosh like I'll stop and ask for some help from these people but I mean everyone had to really become and right before it was Sam knowing obviously this was happening uh, we kind of definitely revamped our SOPs and had all the employees involved so it was kind of definitely a hands-on process I'll say real quickly but so the idea is so we came into the pandemic with projections of new distributors that we had on board um, that we had a plan of basically about a 25% growth, which consistently over the years, that's kind of been where we, we've been very lucky to have kind of that that 18 to 20 to 25% growth. So we're kind of expecting that going into the year. So we did buy a bunch of equipment the year before. So we went in with equipment purchase. We had new molds. We had new trays to kind of hit those numbers. So it wasn't like we needed yeah. things. Now we're basically like, okay, our milk production is back where it was the year before. So we're still like next year, we still have enough equipment kind of going into the year. Like, hey, we're, you know, we kind of basically took a year off, let's say, you know, we kind of kept the same sales. We kept yeah, everything the same. Our, that's a way to our expenses it, went up, our labor went up, everything along those lines went up. And of course, cardboard materials, everything across the board, I mean, 10 to 20% on some materials, some even like 30%, it's crazy. Um, but with that said, like, we, we kind of went into the year with all that in mind of all those expenses going up. So we kind of, we went into it looking kind of healthy in a weird way. Um, so otherwise, yeah, we would have been pretty much screwed, but so now I'm more looking at, okay, next year when we need those numbers, what is that equipment that we need? I honestly think that investing in your employees right now is probably one of the best things you could do. We're, I mean, we're seeing it across the board, across the country where people just are refusing to work unless they're getting taken care of. And if you have a part-time team that's willing to come in every day and do the work, you're very lucky in that respect. And like fully just like make the sweetest things for this baby that's not even born and like support each other in ways that are like, I feel like the little team we have is so crazy. None of us have much in common, but like working together, it just feels like these people are my people. It's so wild. It's so wild. I feel so lucky for everyone that works there. I think this, I guess this year felt more to me like really connecting with the team we have and sort of training. So how did the community, how did the North Carolina community respond to you guys? Were they super supportive? Did you feel really held by your community? Did they come out for you? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, just market cut. I mean, people are still buying our cheese and they're, I mean, that's the way they support us in a way. I mean, I think, you know, and just when times are tough, still come and keep buying our cheese, I guess. I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, besides our employees showing up to work and us being there for one another and everybody kind of communicating as best as possible. And Yeah. And I do feel like in the cheese room with the people we have, right now everyone's pretty much cedar grove or not very far from cedar grove and so we started the last couple weeks look at they asked like oh is this an alpine technique and i was like "Mm, this is cedar grove technique and so now that's the joke so i feel like we're fully just owning uh where we are right now i mean i feel like that in the cheese room having everybody be so like so close to the creamery living and working and 
and our um, farming yeah. you know everyone grows vegetables that works there yeah and then the cheese is their side job sort of so it feels yeah I feel I feel a little bit deeper in Cedar Grove than I have probably before this also it's not like I go to town anymore right. like I used to and so um and I don't hang out with anybody other than like the cheese people that I work with so I mean it definitely made me feel a little bit more like Cedar Grove uh, how did the holidays look for you guys last year they were, they were good yeah. we were selling the cheese I don't like it like every week when the walk-in would clear out we'd be like well yeah you know yeah. like I it was pretty amazing I'm like well people aren't yeah. going out it felt like people weren't going out they were going to the grocery stores and buying the fancy things mm -hmm. that yeah. these are people that still had jobs or income or whatever that's which is not everybody but people were bitcoin maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> we're from florida sorry um but people i felt like people were like splurging on the things that they could do at home and i think a hunk of rubiola maybe was one of those things because yeah. i felt like um we were definitely yeah. selling cheese during the holidays Right. Yeah, like if you couldn't be with your people yeah. for Christmas and you were trying to still make it special, why not spend yeah. 20 bucks on a big hunk of cheese and a bottle of wine? Yeah. I, that sort of felt like what was happening because we were sort of blown away. With yeah. Sales were, during the holidays, were exactly kind of like where we were like, okay, like 25% growth on the year before. So we were, it was right at, we like like sam said the cooler went out we made more cheese yeah. and we filled it up but it was perfect it was kind of that like you know those were a couple of weeks where we didn't do the donated cheese throughout yeah. like december and i think it was november and december right. or no actually yeah because we sell you know most of the cheese Ahead early of december yeah. but um so that was really that was cool and it, for me it was great because it was the first year where it wasn't like okay we need to pick up more milk we need to pick up less milk it was like this is the amount of milk we have we need to make this regardless. And we're still kind of there, which is really, for me, it's a great, it's a different way to look at it from before. Before it was like, we need this amount of cheese. So we got to call the farmer and be like, we need this more milk. Like it was a lot yeah. like logistically. So right now it's two milk pickups a week. If I can fill up the tanks completely, like that's great. If I need to take a little less, that's great. But I feel like yeah. it's, it's like we're a streamlining like work, in a great yeah. way. Like for the better like um, we're almost having like on monday we almost always make the same cheeses on monday and Tuesday. Yeah. like it, it, it's never been like that it's yeah. like ooh, what, what can we make what do we need what milk what do, we, do we have yeah or, like always hustling yeah. like it kind of feels yeah. like it's a little bit more yeah. under control we're not clearing out the walk-in fully yeah every week but the last i want to say three or four weeks like soft no right now sales are actually clearing out yeah. and that feel like that feels so good because yeah. you feel like okay like yeah. also i have room to put this next batch of cheese yeah. but like it's not as scary yeah. you know to be able to sell what you're making and when i don't have soft ripened cheese for the market i mean it's a great thing but at the same time customers are like wait this isn't ripe ready to eat like because i've got them all sold on like super gooey cheese because that's like the yeah. end of the you know end <laughs> yeah. of the the roller coaster you know you better eat it now and um and so i always you know so when i know there's no soft cheese coming to market which hasn't been lately it's it's a good thing so <laughs> yeah and we're putting a little the harder cheeses with the goat's milk coming out so yeah yeah i was going to ask you about the e-commerce mm -hmm. and just kind of the trajectory of that did you see a lot more sales obviously in the holiday season or 
how did that look? I mean, the holiday season, we kind of really got it ramped up. We got our new packaging and everything that we're super stoked on, like kind of towards the beginning of the holiday season, uh, I'd say like September, October, and then kind of into that time. Um, so it definitely, it, it really kept going. And then December, and then it just kind of dropped off. Um, you know, I mean, I we're, we don't push it much. We don't do market it much. Um, we did a little Valentine's. It was all right. It wasn't the holidays were the crazy. The holidays were crazy. Yeah, Yeah. no, holidays were. There was a couple days where we had. Yeah. Dan, like everyone, Danny had to come in. Like that was the holidays. That was that was the holiday. So it's together. Well, time's flying by. It's crazy. I can't believe it's like been over a year. Valentine's Day, wasn't it? No. no, (laughs) What? So our best thing is, is our repeat customers are amazing. Like we have. I mean, I don't know how like the terminology, but like. For every customer we send a box to, they probably order two or three more. And if not, they're ordering them for friends. And we can yeah, see it. And people you'll see it because it's the same name. And, yeah. and they're sending it to their seven cousins yeah. or whatever they have. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's different. And then the person like, that they sent it to pack, orders one. Did and, I just pack Phil Patrick's yeah. box? Or yeah. No, you sent one to <laughs> no, Phil Patrick no. the weeks before, <laughs> but now he's ordering one <laughs> for a I friend. Did I miss it? Yeah. So, so it's, it's cool. it, the holidays were a lot yeah. of that, which felt really kind of cool. A lot of word of mouth was, moving through. Yeah, like they ordered it for the employees. Well, the the Mebin Foundation and then the ordered it all for, ordered it for their... the Mebin Foundation ordered it for their big benefactors or something. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, the names were amazing that were on there. But a lot of those people actually reordered them for gifts after they got the box and stuff. So for us, it was really cool and multiple times, which well, was really right. Cool. And so then when my yeah. half asleep pregnant brain is like, wait, didn't we already send this? Yeah. Wait, two are from, but it yeah. was like, oh no, we sent that to them last week. Now they're sending it. They're the sender else, yeah. and not the receiver. Cool. Yeah. So it felt kind of yeah. cool to like, ha- so I feel like yeah. I, I could get down with some packing those orders. Like it felt more like a restaurant. On There's those days, plenty of like, room for growth, so don't worry about any of you e-commerce cheese people. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're the, definitely not in cheese. that marketing. Right now, we're cheese, just selling so. a few boxes a week yeah. here and there. But you yeah, guys really but. did uh, dig deep on creating packaging that really works yes. for what you guys do, and it's very like aesthetic. It's all curbside recyclable. And yeah, Austin awesome. and Danny, and, his yeah. wife, they really made it look. Yeah. nice like we got crinkle paper in there <laughs> and our box is actually it's like a cardboard <laughs> insulated box i mean you know for our distributors we're still sending to some of them the styrofoam but for the e-commerce it's that like that crinkle yeah it's like it's you a cool little box so oh it's all it's all curbside recycle yeah. minus the sticker on it I mean, how do you feel about the year coming up? How do you feel about the coming? I mean, I know it's a long ways away for the holidays, but how are you feeling about this year now? Right now it's looking great. I mean, you know, just from, I'm going to always go back to the numbers and just kind of the process and payables and receivables and stuff, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about everything right now. I think it's, I think sales are looking good. Our inventory is looking good. Our milk's looking good. Um, you know, I think across the board, I think we've, you know, yeah, I, I'm very happy about yeah. it. I'm always, I try and be pretty optimistic about it. Yeah, I feel like we're getting a little bit more organized and a little bit more on top of our shit. Yeah. I feel like we're growing up a little bit. Yeah. Feeling yeah. like cheese adults. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, that's a nice way to put it. Like cheese I'm not going to go that far yet. <laughs> no. I'm not ready for that. So. No, I'll spend no. another couple of years getting there. <laughs> Maybe when you're a cheese adult, Austin, you can actually sleep. 
there you go perfect right we're like teenagers right now that just got like a driver's license and like another part-time job or something uh is there anything in particular that you want people to know about what y'all are doing or about boxcar anything else that we didn't touch on keep an eye out for the cheeses the goat's milk cheeses some random cheeses yeah, shout out to our family. Shout out to those goats. Yeah. Our people are yeah. awesome. I'm looking forward our to getting back awesome. out there in the, the big cheese world and kind of just seeing people and talking to people and yeah, seeing what's going on. I think we've been this last year has went by or year and a half, whatever it's been, it's went by so quick that I feel that we've been so focused on what we're doing and, you know, we haven't had much time to kind of like look around much other than the people that are directly around us. Like at the market, it's the two tables next to me or you know, it's whoever's directly in front of me at dinner, basically. So I feel it's it'll be cool to get back out there in the in the cheese world and see people and yeah, talk food and hang out. Hustle has seemingly paid off while also being able to stand more confidently in their local community. I personally consider myself lucky to have been a recipient of their generosity in so many ways, and I'm always awed by their giving nature. Their love and loyalty to each other is also something rarely seen in a sibling working relationship. I'm very excited to watch their trajectory and taste all of the delicious things that they have lined up for the future. Thanks, Sam and Austin, for taking time out of your busy work schedule and family lives to sit and chat with me. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha, with a supporting feature role by my husband, Ben Muha, contributing on editing and music. To support the show, please find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Mobile Monger. For cool extras and to financially support the continuation of this podcast, please consider contributing to my Patreon. There, you'll see the full video recording of the conversation. There's discount codes for my merch at my online shop. You get a sneak peek at the next guest and even submit questions for future episodes. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good curds.